Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode of the 10th Inning Podcast. Woo! Running it back this week with the same crew, as always, me and Jack, your hosts, joined by Tom Hill, Greg. Troll Hill. Troll Hill. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, yeah, we're running it back. back. Wow, running it back with the same squad as last week. We do actually have some MLB news that we can talk about today. The last few weeks, we've been kind of having some fun with different topics of that nature, but... Let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it because we probably have a lot more to talk about today than normal yeah. in the offseason. Corbin Burns. Baltimore Orioles. Finally, the Baltimore Orioles make a splash. Um, First starting pitcher, which is what they needed. Yes, they so. got a number one and some. Yeah, and I think it's a huge pickup. I mean, they don't give away too much prospects, and I know we're joined with two Yankees fans, so I know they're probably a little detrimented about this but and I know they're also looking for a starting pitcher and I know they, they could use Corbin Burns there's also rumors that uh Cashman was trying to get Corbin Burns with uh Spencer Jones which is a very interesting topic to talk about so I'll start with you Tom what do you want to start with the Orioles perspective first yeah want to go Yankees yeah we'll start we'll start we'll start Orioles what is so it yeah so Corbin Burns that's huge right um but the, I think that the, there's still a slight hole in that bullpen spot because you don't have Bautista this year. It'll be filled once you have uh, once you have Bautista back in 2025. They add Craig Kimbrell, but we saw what happened uh, last year, in the, specifically in the playoffs. Uh, Thirteen so, million too. <laughs> so, what do you think, Tom, about this whole uh, Orioles stuff? Does that push them back up to the top to the top of the AL East, or are they still? I still think that they're getting surrounded by the Yankees because of all the moves they've been making in the offseason, but they're still trying to prove their point that they're still the beasts of the AL East. Yeah, I've kind of had a change of heart on this with the Orioles. I think now I'd probably, you know, choose them as of right now to win the AL East. And I also think, you know, Corbin Burns, as you mentioned, he fills a need. They needed started pitching, and that was big time in the playoff series because they got hammered by Texas with those big bats because they couldn't pitch. I like Grayson Rodriguez a lot. I think he's going to break out. You and I were talking about this Mm -hmm. before uh, we started. And Kyle Bredish had a really good season last year. I think Corbin Burns is due for his best season, probably since his Cy Young year, because the last two years have been great, but not like up to the level that we've seen him pitch completely. And I think this Oriole team is just poised with Jackson Holiday going to come up at some point, Adley, Gunnar Henderson. They're young. Now they get their pitcher. And from a Yankee perspective, it just kind of frustrates me because that's all they gave up. You know, Joey Ortiz, D.L. Hall, two 25-year-old prospects. Like, are you kidding me? And I understand that, you know, the Yankee tax, it's kind of they want to, you know, try to get as many great prospects out of the Yankees, and they'd rather maybe get fleeced by another team. But I just think this is big time for the Orioles, and I think the Yankees missed out. And, Greg, I know you watch the Yankees all the time, so you guys play them, obviously, a lot because you guys are in the same division. So having Corbin Burns, you got to – you're going to have to go to Camden Yards at one point and face him. He's going to come to the Bronx and face you guys. Uh, How scary is that uh, knowing that you guys still have a really good offense um, and pretty good starting pitching in bullpen, but uh, Corbin Burns might uh, slower slower that down once he uh, comes visit you guys? Well, I mean, look, the matchups – of the Yankees, if they run into Corbin Burns facing him in the regular season, you know, on the other hand, you're you're going to have Garrett Cole. And that, I think that's the good part for the Yankees. Obviously, the bad part is um, you let Corbin Burns, well, I wouldn't say let him go to Baltimore, but, you know, Baltimore was a team that 
gave up, didn't have to really give up as much as we thought they would have to give up, but they only gave up a couple prospects. That's why, like, the argument has been, hey, the Yankees could have made that move to give up Spencer Jones, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, But we were talking about it last week with the Orioles, how, like, their one biggest need was starting pitching. And that's because of how they performed, obviously, in the regular season. They had their lumps. They don't really have a legit ace. Although Kyle Bradish was a good pitcher for them last season, but I don't know if you look at him as a legit number one ace. It showed in the playoffs, and then Baltimore realized they needed to go out. They had to get some pitching, and that's what they did. They got Corbin Burns, and like you said, Tom, before, he's probably poised to have his best season since his 2021 Cy Young year because it's a contract year for him. So it's going to be interesting to see how he performs. I think with this trade, this solidifies Baltimore as the favorite to win the AL East. As of right now, I'd probably have the Yankees number two right behind them, obviously with the moves they've made this year, bringing in Soto and Verdugo, fixing that offense, adding some lefties in. I think what it's going to come down to with the Yankees and the edge that Baltimore gets is, we talked about it before with the Yankees, is you're still banking on a lot of these players to have bounce back seasons and to stay healthy, right? They're starting rotation with Rodon. Can he bounce back and stay healthy this season? Same thing with Nestor. Um, Garrett Cole is obviously going to be Garrett Cole. And then you look in their lineup as well with Anthony Rizzo. Can he stay healthy this year and have a bounce back season? And then Giancarlo Stan, he is getting up there in age. And he's like the one guy where it's almost like it's a guarantee every single year he's going to get hurt. But if he can play over, I'd say, 120, 130 games and he can hit you 30 to 35 home runs, I think you take that from Stan. And here's my thing. You made a very good point, Brett, mm-hmm. of injuries. Yeah. I think if the Yankees are phased with injuries again, that they probably drop to two or three in the AL East, probably barely make the wild card. If they're healthy, I, I totally see them as being the, the winners of the AL East uh, just because that that force on both sides is it, they, they balance each other out with the pitching and the offense. Mm-hmm. So, um, But I want to switch things to the Brewers' perspective. Mm-hmm. This is... A kind of a turnaround for the Brewers. They were trying to make a push at the end of the season and uh, winning the NL Central. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got swept by Arizona, but now it looks like that they're going to a kind of rebuilding phase. It looks like because right now the Brewers without Corbin Burns they look very mid. Yeah, they're extremely mid. Greg kind of said it before the show. I do think that the Brewers are going to be towards the bottom of that division, a division that's not very good if we're being quite honest too. It's pretty sad for Brewers fans um, from their perspective. They didn't get a lot as much as you would have wanted to, I guess. But the Yankees seem pretty pretty stern on not giving up their top prospect. Um, from a Baltimore perspective, I think that this bolsters them a lot. I don't really know if I'm ready to put them ahead of the Yankees. I still think the Yankees had a better offseason than the Orioles. I think it's going to come down to whose bullpen is healthier and whose bullpen has less meltdowns because neither team has a... Extremely elite bullpen, especially with Bautista hurt. I think Bautista being there would probably give me the Orioles the favorites. But yeah, and the NL Central, I feel like without Corbin Burns, is now up for grabs. Wide open. It's wide open, and I think this now pursues the per, this helps the Cubs pursue Bellinger because if you get Bellinger, you're kind of back to square one. Mm-hmm. You're just without Marcus Stroman. That's that's the only issue with yeah. the Cubs. The did Reds, they, they can add, still spark it, right? Did the Cubs add anything? Uh, nothing really nothing, worth noting. Nothing, nothing spectacular, worth, no. Yeah. So, 
but the Cubs, um, they, they're still that solid team that we saw last year. The Reds, they can still spark it. They mm-hmm. sparked in the beginning, but then they cooled off towards the end of the season. But yeah, the the Cardinals, they might. You never know with the Cardinals. They're kind of like the the Rays. You never know if they're gonna be super good or not. Uh, obviously, we didn't see that great side of the Cardinals, even though it was Wainwright's last year. But we don't we don't know what we're gonna see from any of these. You want to know a teams. team that has zero starting pitching? The Cardinal. I mean, I I'm struggling to name one starter right now. Sonny Gray, who they just signed. But that's he it. is old though. But oh, yeah, it. he's probably their best. I mean, there is about nothing there. Yeah. I mean, Arenado's aging. He's still Arenado. All those balls are going to Big Mac land, and it's not the Cardinals hitting those home runs to Big Mac land. No. So. <laughs> to mention Adam Wainwright in a rotation nowadays is just, just playing up wrong. Yeah, and now he's uh, a color commentator for the MLB. Good for him, man. He's going to be but, discussing I mean, <laughs> how pitching and grips and everything works. He always has a baseball with him. Michaelis? Yeah, so at least he could give you innings. I'm actually kind of shocked that Milwaukee didn't hold Burns to the trade deadline. I understand, like, you weren't going to get full value because you're not trading him with years of control. You're only trading him with a year of control. So I can kind of understand that perspective. But why not let him build up his value in the beginning of the 2024 season? You unload him in July to a team that's desperate and looking for an ace, and then you can really get people back. I'm kind of shocked that they settled for this. It just felt like they settled. And, you know, I'm sure there are other teams that were in on Burns. I bet they feel and their fans feel they could have done this. I think what you're seeing right now in the NL Central is the Brewers and the Cardinals are both going down, and the, the, the Reds and the Cubs are both going up. And the Pirates have been the Pirates the last few years. I mean, they've been been doing a pretty good job, like, last few years, developing some young players, but they just haven't been able to put it together with the roster. Like, they had Key Brian Hayes come up. They had Brian Reynolds come up. And they just haven't been able to put together a good enough roster to where they can compete and make some noise in this division. And it's like, when are they ever going to get over the hump? And we were talking about, like, I know there was a lot of rumors about this um, last year before Reynolds signed that contract, were the Pirates going to be able to trade this guy? And they were asking for a lot. And they actually ended up re-signing him to a long-term extension. And how you're going to build around him, that's going to be the main question for for Pittsburgh. And when you look at the Reds and the Cubs, I think these are the two teams that are going to be 1-2 and two next year or this upcoming season in their divisions. It's because they're young. They, have a, they both have really good farm systems. And if you're the Cubs, if you bring back Bellinger, I think right now I would say, this is just personally for me, I would have the Reds win the division, but I think if you bring back Bellinger, having that big lefty bat in the middle of the lineup might solidify them as the favorite in the NL Central. I think if you're Milwaukee, the fans probably won't want to hear it, obviously. No fan wants to hear their team rebuilding, but I really do think it's time. There's just nothing left. It's, but it's so weird after you just won a division, you know? Like, I, the yeah. year after, you just go full rebuild. But I, I I think you have to look through it of the lenses. Like, look, we won 80-something games in a division where our only real threat was a fun Cincinnati team that was probably ahead of schedule. So I think you have to look at it like, in a way, we, we, got, we won the division, but we're really not in a position where we're any real threat in an NL where you have teams like the Dodgers, the Braves... The Phillies, I guess. I think it's time to just fully blow blow it up. Blow yeah. it up. I mean, who's your biggest asset right now? Freddie Willie Peralta. Adamas. 
Freddie Peralta. Is your Freddie Peralta, yeah. Peralta. Adamas, Yelich, the contract's a little tough. Contreras. Oh, Hoskins off of an ACL. Woodruff's a free agent, so you're not going to re-sign him. He's no. out for all of next season. Yeah. But you'll just it's a mess. It, I, it I will sucks. say this, though, with Milwaukee. They do have a good farm system as well. But it seems like they're trending more into the rebuilding mode where it's like for the Cubs and Reds, this could be the year where both teams break out. I bookmarked this on Instagram on August 16, 2023, the top 10 farm systems in baseball. You want to hear this list? This was from, I would say, seven months ago, eight months ago. At number one, the Orioles, two Pirates, three Brewers, four Cubs, five Reds, six Dodgers, seven Rays, eight Nationals, nine Padres, 10 Rangers. But you see that there's three teams on there in the NL Central. I think it's even more of an indication of rebuild. You have a good farm now. Why not let these guys come up and then yeah. see if you can turn into something? So this might be another fun team like we saw with the Reds. In a couple years, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think, think it'll be this year. Jackson Chorio yeah. coming up. He yeah. should be coming up Especially this year. Especially if and they have MLB is finally guys. trending into, in a direction where they're bringing these kids up at like 22, 20. They're not waiting till they're 26. So, yeah. which is a, honestly a good thing. They need to start doing that. That's yeah, what I'm it's saying. It's a good you know? thing. Yeah. These guys are getting their second contract but, in their 30s. Yeah. But speaking of contracts, there's something that came out now two hours ago. What a segue. Um, this guy's a pro. <laughs> Adolis Garcia is signing a two year deal with the Rangers to avoid arbitration. Uh, two years, $14 million. Annually? Well, $14 million total for two years. Oh, what a bargain. What a bargain. Bargain that wow. is. Wait, absolute what? bargain. That, this right? that guy was one of the main factors of this Rangers team, and he's getting signed to a $7 million per year contract. They locked him in a room. For two years. Two years for just $7 million. He just wants to play ball. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> he just wants to smash baseballs in the heart of Texas. And that's just that's a great deal for Texas. But um want to swing back to the, to the Yankees. <laughs> yeah. Um, no pun intended with swinging in baseball. But um, with Spencer Jones being a potential asset for the Yankees, uh, for that potential Corbin Burns trade, that's a little bit questionable because Spencer Jones, obviously, he has some some crowd noise in the outfield to get called up. I mean, now Jason Dominguez got a call up uh, at the end of the season last year. That, that that's a huge question mark for him and his potential, I guess, availability with the Yankees. And even if he will make it up to the Yankees, and he might just be stuck down in the minors, and he might now be a new trading asset for the Yankees if they want to try and push something in the trade deadline or even before the season starts. But I think you got to keep Spencer Jones really? and get rid of Stanton. Honestly, but that's the problem. Getting rid of Stanton, nobody even wants. If you get rid of Spencer Jones, it's got to be for something big. I've been a big proponent of, you know, can't hoard all these prospects. You can't hoard them. So, you know, we could have had Corey Seager, could have had Freddie Freeman, all these big time free agents signed elsewhere. And I'm looking at Anthony Volpe, and in my head, I'm thinking, boy, we really could have locked up the shortstop position for a decade with Corey Seager. This guy better be good. Otherwise, it looks like a boneheaded decision from Cashman. And I understand the luxury tax. And, you know, you could, you know, make the case that, you know, we wouldn't have Soto if we had this guy. Sure. But I don't know. I don't necessarily know if you have to keep everybody. And, Brett, to your point, he's blocked. He's blocked. If you're saving him to move him, to only move him for something elite, why not go get Corbin Burns? Yeah. It answers the only question left. I mean, 
I hear Yankee fans talking about how they want to add one more starter to kind of solidify things in case guys like Rodon or Nestor get injured, whatever. Why not go get Corbin Burns? He's the only there. Thing that I can think of, the only thing that I can think of as to why they didn't pull the trigger on Burns, they don't think they're going to re-sign him after the 2024 season because they think they're going to have that money for Soto. Yeah. And they're also pretty confident in one of Nestor Rodon. And if that's the back. reason, then I, I can get behind that. I thought you brought up a really good point before, Tom, about Anthony Volpe, that if this guy doesn't turn out to be the player that the Yankees expect him to be, then we're going to be looking back at the time in the 2021-22 offseason that why didn't the Yankees go out and get Corey Seager? Why didn't the Yankees go out and get one of these big-time free agent sort stops? Because there were a lot that, that offseason class. And I think for the whole situation with Spencer Jones, I do like him. I think he has a lot of potential. But here's the thing. He's 23 years old, and he hasn't played a major league game yet. So... If you're talking about could the Yankees have made this trade, I would have. I think this is a trade you, you should have made. But now, obviously, the questions come in. What do you do in terms of the offseason? Do you sign him long term? You know he's going to want a lot of money. Most likely coming off a really big season. And then you got to worry about the whole Soto situation. And I think with Spencer Jones, too, like since you didn't make this deal and you still have Spencer Jones in, in the minors, where, do you, where does he stand long term for this team? Because... Assuming that Soto is going to come back after this year, you're going to sign him long term. Your outfield's going to be Judge Soto. We don't know what's going to happen with Verdugo. Assuming he doesn't come back, their outfield's going to be Dominguez, Soto, Judge. Because I don't see any way that they would put Spencer Jones over Jason Dominguez, especially with the way that Dominguez performed last year before he got hurt. And then your fourth outfielder is going to be Trent Grisham. I don't see. Yeah, they're I don't crowded s- out there. Holy crap. Yeah, I, really I don't crowded. Yeah, but here's the thing. I, I don't forgot about Soto. I, I don't see like you're That's not like if you if the Yankees yeah. If the Yankees are going to bring up Spencer Jones, they're not going to bring him up just to ride the bench. They're going to start him. Maybe in the beginning they'll have him come off the bench, maybe be a pinch hitter at times, maybe they'll have him start a few games, see how he does, but he, he's a guy that's going to be a long-term answer for them if if he's going to be the right guy. But if you're chasing the division, there's no point in even having him just come off the bench at that point. I mean, you're not trying to get guys at bats. You're trying to win the division. So it's it's interesting. But I honestly, now the more I've thought about it, I don't hate that they didn't pull the trigger on Burns, especially because you do have to sign Soto, which I forgot about. And that has to be priority number one for them. And that's, yeah, that why, they push, that's why they didn't push Yamamoto. That's why they didn't push Yamamoto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Soto's you, not a bad guy. So now you just have all though. these guys for the Yankees, and what do you do with them? I mean, you got to. I get. I think what you have to do is you have to trade them at the deadline because if you're just going to be this crowded, what's the point? You have all this talent, but for what? Unless you try and move like one of these guys to the infield, but that's a lot to give up in the infield when you have the infield that you have with LeMahieu, Rizzo, and Volpe. First baseman, Verdugo. Yep. I mean, you might need a third base. <laughs> like, you might have Judge go to third. Like, you know, oh, man. like what, what do you do with all this no talent? No line drives yeah. getting over him. <laughs> I think the main issue right now with, like, the Yankees not willing to go out and get, like, these other big stars to come in and play for the Yankees is that 
they're stuck with this stand contract. I mean, it's really becoming a problem because you're basically ha having a guy on your team that is only taken at bats and is basically on the IL for two, three months. The guy could barely play a hundred games for you every single year. And you got to rely on John Carlos stand to be that guy. And he hasn't been, he's only played two full seasons ever since he came to the Yankees in 2018 and 2021. The other seasons, he hasn't played a full season and don't, you can't count 2020 obviously. Cause that was a COVID year. And yet that same year he got hurt. So I think the Yankees, Getting Stan, and listen, at the time, I was fine with it because, like, you didn't really have to give up much for Stan, but now you're looking at, what is Stan, like 33, 34 years old? That contract is really hurting the Yankees. I see on your screen Bobby Witt. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Bobby a little, Witt. it's a complete 180. I, I like Bobby Witt a lot. You are a big Bobby Witt, a big royal guy. Yeah. Bobby Witt, 11 years. Well, good transition from... A not good contract <laughs> to, to a great contract, a great, fantastic contract, great contract, <laughs> fantastic. Two eighty-eight point seven million Over for eleven years. Eleven years. Hold on, we're gonna go to Siri. I need to see how many. Or not Siri. We're gonna go calculator app. If you are not on the Bobby Witt bandwagon, too, it's leaving in March because you better get on. Might be too late, and it might actually be too late because this is an absolute million stud. Seven, eight win player consistently, probably for the next eight, nine years, barring injuries. This is an elite shortstop. He made a jump from year one to last year. He's going to make a jump next year offensively. He's a phenomenal defensive player. I think he could, you know, win an MVP or two when his time is done. This is an absolute bargain for the Royals. Small, mar small market teams need to do stuff like this yes. to keep their guys, market their guys. And I'm really glad that they didn't just wait it out until the end of free agency where he goes to a big market team and, and makes a ton of money. This contract's going to be crumbs in like five and the, years. And here's the thing. One thing that's a huge plus that definitely had to be a huge turnaround in this is the fact that you go against probably the best closer in the AL Central with Duran and it'll walk off Grand Slam against him. That that's just a that's just huge upswing for that contract and the potential that Bobby Wood Jr. has. He's he's got the speed, he's got the power, he's got the contact. He's a five tool player mm -hmm. and he's at shortstop. That is and that and the shortstop position is pretty much the captain of your infield. And, or not even just the in the infield, just the entire field as a whole. So the fact that you can lock up Bobby Wood Jr. for just over a decade for $26 million a year for a small market team like the Royals, this is an absolute win. And I do agree with you. I do think that Bobby Witt ends up as an MVP one year. But it's tough when there's a lot of talent in the AL. Obviously, more of the talent from the AL has moved to the NL due to Otani. But Bobby Witt, um, I think, can uh, push the Royals to that playoff spot that I was talking about oh, this season. Oh, Royals. Winning the AL Central. I'm calling it now. As a matter of fact, here's my prediction. By the end of the season, I think Bobby Wood Jr. will be the second best shortstop in baseball behind Corey Seager. Yeah, that's a good. That's a fair point to have. Is there, is there like how much talent is there in the AL? Like, let's at the shortstop got, position. At the shortstop. The position. shortstop. Well, you got Seager. You, you got Bobby Witt. Yeah. You also got Volpe. You have Volpe. Volpe, if you have JP Crawford. Step. You have JP Crawford. Do you, is Gunnar Henderson a shortstop? Gunnar Henderson is technically third. Third, yeah. yeah. I know he's played shortstop before. Jackson Holiday. Jorge Mateo is going to be in Jackson there. Jackson Holiday. Boba Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, other than that, Correa, if he bounces back. Yeah, Correa. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we had Doc in here, he would say he's top <laughs> <Yeah>. three. But <laughs> this, table would be, this table would be flipped over. I, I, I would love to see the arguments me and Doc would have from Twins Royals. <laughs> oh, he, yeah, he would not take those comments lightly. No, he would not take them lightly. But he definitely thinks he's at least top five. I mean, yeah, Bobby Witt, it's probably a pretty safe bet at this Bobby point. Witt would definitely be a top three shortstop, guaranteed end of the year. In the AL or in the league? AL. AL. At least. I think it's a pretty I safe I think in bet. the league. I think I this in the league, elite. it's possible. It guaranteed in the AL. Ooh. I think he's a far better hitter than Francisco Lindor. And I think mm-hmm. if he takes a jump defensively, I think he could surpass Lindor. I and think he has surpassed Turner at this point. Mm-hmm. Off defensively, probably. And it's what's actually, if you think about it, it's easier to learn, like, when you only have, like, it's easier to learn pitches from different sides of the of the mound, like right-handed or left-handed, when you're only a right-handed batter. So it's easier for Bobby Witt to learn since he's, uh, to just learn pitches and stuff when you're a right-handed uh, batter. Lindor, he's got to learn a right-handed uh, pitch from the left side and then switch uh, vice versa. So it's easier for Bobby Witt to just keep growing. Um, over Lindor um, when he's just a right-handed hitter. So oh, That Lindor contract, I don't know like what I feel about it looking back because he's what? He's going to be like five or six years into it now? This is his fourth year. Fourth year? This so is his fourth year with the Mets at least. He signed it around the same time as Harper, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe but a d- year. Didn't his contract not technically kick in until 2022? I think so. So his first year so with the Mets was 2021. Three. Then he signed the extension in the offseason right before the season started when he got traded yeah. to the Mets. And then I think, like you said, Tom, his his contract didn't kick in until 2022. He'd probably... Because hmm. he hasn't been disappointing, but I don't think I've been necessarily blown away with it. I think he's probably been average. He's been elite defensively, which yeah. we kind of expected, but that, that was almost a grand Francisco Lindor mid. Is that what I'm hearing? I'm not calling him mid. I'm just saying everyone knew he had the glove. He's always had the glove. Offensively, have I been a little bit disappointed? Yeah. I mean, to what extent you want him to be what he was with Cleveland? I want to be able to sit here and be like Francisco Lindor is a top three shortstop in the league and have no not a single doubt about it. And well, I, I think the defense kind of puts him there right now, but it's still default. on the fringe because Corey Seager is a much better hitter. And obviously, you know, shortstop position you would sacrifice some offense if you mm-hmm. can get elite defense, but on a team that needs offense, though, yeah, no, it, it's definitely he's definitely not a top. 25 or top 30 player in terms of hitting. I think it's as simple as that, really. Do you want to hear Bobby Witt's projected stats for this coming year? Yeah. For 2024? I'm taking a guess. Uh, I'll say 285. Oh, I'll I, don't go, have, I don't have a batting average. I'm okay. Right. <laughs> I'll go I'll go 35, 100, OPS of 900. Give me 28, 110, OPS around in the low eight. I'll go 34, 98 to about 103 RBIs, OPS, probably like 920. 30 home runs, 102 RBIs, 93 runs, 42 stolen bases, which would be a projected tied third <laughs> in the MLB, and an OPS of 830, so in the low 800s. Oh, wow. Um, but he's supposed to have a 30-40 season. He's stealing more than 40 bags. He's I having an OPS so. above 830. Yeah. Come on, stealing, get in line. I'm trying, to find that sh- I'm trying to find that shortstop list. Not 100 uh, the, MLB oh, top 
Yeah. yeah. 900 OPS is going to be tough, but I think he gets to, uh, or I'd say he gets around like 860 or 870 at yeah. the very least. It's hard to have a 900 OPS. Yeah. But he struggled early last year and then really got it going yeah. on, similar to Julio. So, yeah. I think no. if he just stays hot all year long. Mm hmm. Those He's could special. be two. Those could be two potential MVP candidates next year. I know Julio was, but we could talk about Julio and Bobby Wood Jr. both being MVP candidates next mm. year. Again. We could use a Mariner Royal ALCS, and then we get a benches clearing so that they hate each other, <laughs> and then we get like a rivalry from two guys who hate each other for the next decade. We need that. Here we go. Oh, yeah. I found, I'm looking at. Lindor's I found the top after. ten shortstops okay. list that the MLB Network put out. So I think we did talk about this. Um, we, we might did. have. No, we did. We did. Uh, Seeger, Lindor, Bogarts, Swanson, Turner, Bichette, Correa, Adames, Witt, and J.P. Crawford. I think... Oh, Bogarts 3, what are we doing? <laughs> I think Bogarts goes down. Dansby, I'm not a fan of his bat. I love his fielding. Oh, I'm not a fan of his bat. Really? I, th I think Bobby Witt... I think Bobby Witt would be top five guaranteed next year. By the end of the year, easily. Yeah, you can't throw him there now. Um... I don't think he's getting higher than Seager. I think that he doesn't get higher than Trey, but I could see him getting higher than Lindor, Bogarts, and Swanson, and all the rest, the rest of the guys. But there's a hot, there's a lot of potential for this kid, and uh, and Bobby Witt is going to be. I would say I would I would not be surprised if he's a Royal for life, um, because eleven years. I know he gets to his around low mid thirties around that time, but. I wouldn't be surprised if they just cash him out for the rest of his career because of the th great things that I know that he probably will be doing, as we both mentioned, Tom, winning at least one MVP. And uh, I w uh, maybe he gets an MVP vote this year. Yeah, I think We don't know. I think the only way that Bobby Wood Jr. is a Royal for life is if the Royals make the playoffs a couple times. Because if the Royals are just going to be consistently bad for years then I think they're eventually going to get to a point to where they have Bobby Wood Jr. locked up long-term and they say, hey, we're going to make this guy free. Who wants him? And they're just... It could be those one of those big trades where they make and they get a boatload of prospects back because they can't make the playoffs. It could be like a Soto situation a little bit, but the difference was Soto didn't get paid. I think the difference is, is that these ticky-tacky contracts that they're making are huge. I know you're a small market team and some players... Some, People in the sports department are saying, like, yeah, they could, like, they're fine, but they're not great. They're not as great as, obviously, like, the Soto contracts. They're not acting like a big market team. They're acting like the best small market team, the best middle market team. They're making the ticky-tacky contracts to help fill some of the void. Obviously, there's going to be some holes in their systems and whatnot, but with these small contracts it actually helps improve the royals not to the greatest degree that they need to they don't need to be the greatest team in the world because they're in the al freaking central <laughs> so you don't need to be the best team you don't need to compete with the yankees you don't have to you just have to compete with your own division because if you compete with your own division you make the playoffs and if you are the best in your own division you make the playoffs so that's what they want i think the the main goal for the royals is to win the division this year. And that's what they're doing with all these different contracts. And they sealed the deal pretty much with a Bobby Witt Jr. 11-year extension. Huge. Absolutely huge. That's my Royals rant for you. <laughs> hey, I like it. Adopting a... Let's, we'll see where my... Uh, let's go ban for ban my Blue Jays next year, though. <laughs> oh, Imagine hey. first series, Blue Jays oh. versus Royals. Oh, I man, think I'm they're a fourth-place team, Brett. Oh, 
Well, yeah, they're in a stacked division. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but the Blue Jays do have some talent. I think they're Who's a third place team. Who's last? Uh, Boston. Boston. Yeah. Boston. They haven't done anything this offseason. I think fourth season. for but me is Tampa Bay. the Rays over the Blue Jays? I don't. I'm not crazy about Toronto. I don't love Boston. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, I here's the thing. They're resourceful, but they lose McClanahan. We talked about this. Yeah. Last now's gone. You lost Franco too. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well here's the here's the thing with Tampa Bay. He did some it stuff. It doesn't matter. like it doesn't matter which roster they put out there, no matter what, they're always going to be competitive. Like this is one of the better run organizations, I think, in baseball, and they have been for the last six or seven years. Like, they will lose guys, and they'll just find a way to replace them. They did it with Snell. They did it with Charlie Morton. They did it with a bunch of these other guys, like Willie Adamas, obviously with the whole Franco situation didn't work out, but still... They, they bring up guys from their farm system, and they turn them into good players, and they get every single... They just they they know how to scout talent. They, they do this better than I think any organization in baseball. That's why I have them as the edge over the Blue Jays. I don't really like the roster as much this year in terms of like being a World Series contender. Can they be a playoff team? Absolutely, they can be. I would say they're the third best team. I go Yankees second and Orioles one. I can't wait to see um, you know an August night where the Yankees get back to back one hit shutout by <laughs> the dynamic duo of Taj Bradley and Ryan Pepio. It's going to be quite the interesting revelation. The the Braves, I mean, the the Braves, the Rays do so well, as like Greg said, bring up these guys, develop them, and they're they're contributing to MLB rosters. I think this is the year they do take that step back. I think they just have too big a hurdle to overcome this year. Too many question marks, but then again, it's the Rays, so they'll probably win 90 games. I'm looking at my Blue Jays right now. What is this lineup going to look like? Who's leading off? Probably Springer. Yeah, Springer, Springer, Bichette, Va- probably Vlad, yeah. three. David Schneider. <laughs> Justin Turner. Justin Turner. Protecting him in that lineup. Mr. 804. Varsho. Varsho, maybe. Yeah. Biggio. Yeah, Justin Turner will probably hit cleanup. Who else? <laughs> or Jansen, Biggio, Kiermaier. Uh, it's probably going to be Jansen. I Kirk. I could tell you one problem already with that lineup, and this has been a Blue Jays problem for years, is they're way too right-handed. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, they bought in Varshel last year, and he was never really that guy they thought he was going to be. And you're hoping that he could have a bounce-back season. It's another guy you obviously got to bank on if you're Toronto, but it's way too right-handed of a lineup. They could use an elite catcher that might be on the Arizona Diamondbacks right now. Eric Gabriel Moreno. They could use a guy like that. Yeah, but he's right-handed to a counter. Right, but like, can you imagine if they had him in their system before mm-hmm. last season? I like, think that might have been a reason they got Varshow is because he can hit on the left side. So, Well, they had a bum left-handed bat right smack in the middle of that order last year, Mr. Brandon Bell. <laughs> yeah, you, you. I can't stand. <laughs> you do not like him. Like, dude, what? you're telling me there's no one else out there? <laughs> Go get me Kendry's Morales at that point, man. And one thing that we might, we've said we... You said that we might have to have a Blue Jays-Royals debate if they make the playoffs. I think we might have to have a debate about these uh, these little hats. Dude, that you're killing the segues today, man. But you're, you don't like them. No. Why? Can I see them for a second? Yes, here. <laughs> Here's my phone. <laughs> Look at them. I've had a Jack Miller phone thrown at me. <laughs> <laughs> but th- here's my thing. Do you remember my my spiel last year? With the netting on the back. That mesh was trash. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> okay. You do not need them. That is great. I'm sure. The Rangers, Rangers is solid. Blue Jays I don't hate. Do you see? They also released batting... Uh, 
Uh, those are cool. The batting ones. Those are yeah. cool. What am I? Batting cage ones? Batting practice? Batting Thank practice you. ones, Thank yeah. Um, batting practice uh, hats. Dude, there's like three hats on here that I like. kind of like. The solid color is just a solid yellow hat, man. It's disgusting. Man, it's gross. You, you are a hater, man. Those, those hats are I know great. Which ones do you like? Which ones do I you like? like? I said I like the Texas Rangers. I like okay. the Blue Jays. I like the Royals. You like the Blue Jays? Yeah. Well, for some reason, the two-tone I think you're just a Blue Jays it. fan at this point. You Maybe, because I don't like the Cubs, who yes, are also... Yes, I just used the F word. You're a front-runner for the Blue Jays. <laughs> oh, I, I can't be a front-runner for a team that sucks every year. Um, Cardinals, I don't hate. Red on Reds. Yeah, those are about it, honestly, man. The Braves is brutal. But they're good Red colors, Sox is brutal. They're good colors. Yeah, they're I don't, fun. I don't care that they're solid. They're going to look terrible on How? TV. On, with those uniforms? Like, okay. What are the What are the Pirates uniforms going to look like that they're wearing in a completely solid yellow hat? Protect them from the sun compared thing. to the last? Who cares about sun protection? <laughs> it's they gotta Florida. Look cool. <laughs> Come look on. Cool. They have do some, look cool. How does have some aura. Cool? The Rockies one's pretty cool. So. I think the Blue Jays need to move back down to Florida, and maybe Vlad could start hitting again. Because I think that's <laughs> the problem here. Move to Buffalo again. Yeah, <laughs> again. move to Buffalo again. <laughs> that yeah, little, that's right. That little league field. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not a fan, man. Tom, what do you think? Uh, let me you get see? the phone. Hey, here's the phone. Here's the phone. I also just had a Jack Miller thrown phone <laughs> thrown at me. I handed it. Uh, the Diamondbacks one is so sick. I might piss away money on it. Um, <laughs> I really like the Tigers one a lot. Yeah. I believe that's the Twins one with the flags. That's pretty yeah, sick M and as well. Yeah, is, is really fire. The A's, it's growing on me. Yeah, the Pirates is stupid. I don't even know. Is that the Washington Huskies down there? The, the purple, Huskies? A purple W. The Mariners one is sick. You know what? I might buy that one as well. I like the Orioles one a lot. You know what? I definitely need I'm a pretty big hats. fan of these. Yeah. I might have to disagree with Brett on this. I think these are really sick. Yeah, Especially that sick. Mariner Jack, one. Jack, you don't like That color hat. pops, that teal no, pops. Brett doesn't like one I like hat. about three Brett or four. Brett doesn't like one hat. I don't know who... Brett likes three hats this and is disregards everyone else. Who, <laughs> who is this team supposed to be? What? The purple W? The yeah. That's the Nationals? Yeah, it's the Nationals. Did they change their colorway? Uh, they changed their jerseys. They got the Commander W going on. Yeah. Well, that's uh, very stupid. The Spurs are trading Doug McDermott to the Pacers. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Uh, if you do want to listen to that hat NBA debate. pod, if you want to listen to and one, they will be uh, on Following. Spotify probably before this episode, so you can tune into that. But I love this. This, this is the the hats that they need. Do you want to look at these, Greg? I'll take a look. Yeah. Let's uh, let's finish this feud. Are we see. even or rate three one? Uh. I'm the LeBron if this is I like the one. Tigers one. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Tigers one is bad. I actually, most I, you know what? Good. I'm looking back at... I actually like these hats. See? You have to see these... Like, their hats are good. These right, hats I'll say on this. a uniform. To play like, I like the Diamondbacks so, one. The hat itself can look all right, but some of these hats are going to look so bad on uniforms. They're going to match with the uniform, Scoob. I, I, I but they're all solid yellow on... It's just going to look, look It's not going to be all yellow. They're not going to look like a bumblebee Those hats are all yellow. So, so Brad, I understand your okay. point. I understand your point on what you're saying about the hats not matching their jerseys. But Dude, do you your think it'll hat is all red. And you're no, it's talking red. Crap. It's white. <laughs> but do you think if they wear their... um, What is it? Their... their um, if they wear their, oh, what's the jerseys that they wear again? City like, Connect. The City Connect jerseys. Yeah. That's right. You don't think if they wear their City Connect jerseys, it won't it won't match their their hats? 
This is just spring training. Yeah. That's just wait what? That's just, just these are just spring. Games. Okay, that's right. Yeah, I know yeah. it's spring training, but I'm saying if they were to wear these during the regular season, you don't think they would match their so you're jerseys? Saying those are, would probably match the. I don't they have like. I think they could possibly match their City Connect jersey. Oh. Let me see, because the Diamondbacks. I'm just saying, uh, buying it from like nah, a human no, being who's not one. Diamondbacks win. I think the Rangers, sick, yeah. but I don't know if it would look. The Rangers good in can play. possibly. I don't think uh, they're gonna look good in games. Maybe it will. Sorry, Jack. We have to it's a three-one. I'm winning this argument. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to say sorry, Jack. You, you should be a. You should. Uh, no, I'm not issuing any statement. Yeah, the <laughs> R team has specifically said that I will not be releasing an apology. I think the Cubs match Again. with the Wrigleyville jerseys. <laughs> I mean, these are just spring training hats, but. The batting, Brutal, the batting man. ones, the batting, uh, the batting ones, I can get. Yeah, behind. I can't. Find I do think if you, today. I do think if you put them with their City Connect jerseys, some of them will match. <laughs> but, but I love these here, so I'll actually go through each one that I like, and I think the solid colors look sick. So. Which ones? The yellow ones? All of them. Because the of yellow them. ones, I really have a. Uh, the raised yellow. With. I'm sorry, that can leave. Um, mm-hmm. Brewers all yellow. Brewers, really? That's not all yellow. There's that's a that's what a dark it? blue hat. That's Wait, a, that, you're thinking pirates. Up. You're thinking pirates or Padres. Brewers got a blue rim or brim. Okay, Padres all yellow. Where are we going to be seeing yellow other than a stripe on their jerseys? That's going to look terrible. I think Minnesota's look sick. I like the Mets. I like the Minnesota logo. I like San Francisco's. Washington, they're a new team somehow. Let me see the Washington one. It's all black. Wait, let me just. It's on maybe purple. MLB, MLB all the way at the bottom. Um, the Rockies looks good. Marlins looks good. I'm willing to debate this until we end this podcast, Jack. Oh, oh and I'm still going to be winning three to one by the end of this podcast. The the, the Athletics actually looks good. I don't know the why energy. the Yankees went all dark blue. Um, Yankees are boring. We know that. Angels they just kept their same hat. Reds <laughs> kept their same hat. Guardians, I like that. The Angels didn't change. <laughs> the Diamondbacks are sick. Cubs are sick. The Lion, not Lions. The Tigers are sick. They all look good, and the Mariners. I could that that that's cool, and the yeah, they all look sick. So well, most of them do, but nah, man, they all look really good. You got Let's see with the comments. They're col- they're comboed really well. They each color complements each other. I like even the- though if it's all yellow, they have a their logo complements it very well. I like their outlining on the yes on the the logos. Brett, so you're telling me. Okay. <laughs> You're telling me you would go back to those mesh hats that they had last year. No, where, I'd rather have where these. Ja- where than Jake Berger's going to be getting sunburn on the top of his head. <laughs> Jake Berger, man, I don't know what to tell you. Wear a skull cap, man. <laughs> like, like these, like, the mesh hats were just crap. These are better than the mesh hats. I'll, I will bend on that. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> That's all I want. Because but the only hats that I think are going to look good in the games are Texas, Kansas City. What is Texas? I need. I need. Texas are Texas. cool. Texas, Texas. Where is Texas? Maybe oh, Seattle. No Seattle's will look cool. The A's are going to look terrible. Rogers are actually cool. Where's Texas? Oh, there it is. Yeah, Texas. I mean, um, they all look. Hmm. They all look fine, and they're either fine, Rockies, or they're good. great. And you can't tell me otherwise. Mid. <laughs> All of them are mid. Mid or good. They're not mid <laughs> and some good. They're fine or they're great. But uh, spring training is 
underway soon. It's Philly's Truck Day, actually, today. Yeah, it is, baby. Uh, by the time we're recording this on Thursday, February 8th. They're probably in, like, North Carolina by now. Yeah, who knows where they are. I mean, they, they did it early in the morning, and it's now almost 3 o'clock. So, yeah, you're probably right. They're probably around Virginia and North Carolina if they're driving down there. You want to do the grid? I want to do some grid, man. You like the grid? I like All the right, grid. Off-season, why not? Let's get it in while we can. Let's do the grid. All right, this will be the last thing. I don't, like the, I don't like the grid today, if I'm being honest. It's do we of, ditch the grid? bunch then? of stats. No, we can do the previous one. There is oh yeah, there, we can go back. So do you oh, guys right. want to do the grid? Do you two want to do the oh, grid? Oh yeah. All right, let's do grid. All right. Down win. Do number three eleven from yesterday. Three eleven from yesterday? Yeah. It's got Reds, Marlin all right. Across the top from left to right, you have the Cincinnati Reds, a player with a six plus you war said 311? season. Three eleven? Yeah. Sorry. Number okay. three eleven. A uh, player with six plus war season and in the top right corner, players with thirty plus homers. And then down the left side of the grid, going from top to bottom, the Marlins, the Royals, and the Cleveland Guardians. It's a little hard. It's a, a tricky hard. one. A lot of know. small market teams. I know yeah. a Royal Red right off the uh, top of my head that could probably get us below 1%. Give me it. Homer Bailey. That's gross. Homer Bailey. Let's all go with that. Homer Bailey. Select. One percent. You lied. Come on, Tom. <laughs> but uh, that's <sighs> a good. Is Freddie good. Galvis on the Marlins? I don't think Not so. Not willing to I don't risk it. I think so, yeah. 30 home runs for a Marlin. Soler. You know who was a red and a Marlin, though? Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto. <laughs> Ooh, that is a good one. Johnny Cueto. For the Reds and the Marlins. Wow. 29. Yeah, he's a, big, he's a bigger name. He is a bigger name. Uh, but there is the two C's of Cleveland and the Reds. Tyler yeah. Naquin. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Just That's knows gross. Off That's gross. <laughs> Three percent. Hey, Naquin, three percent. We'll stick with it. Naquin. Oops. Six All right. So we're at four season. plus twenty nine. We're at thirty four. Or am I tripping? No, thirty three. Sorry. Now we need the war. I don't know wars like that. That's my issue. I don't know wars like that. Royal. You could probably go George Brett, but you're not I, gonna. You, I would probably say. Well, war can be with pitchers too, right? Michael yeah. Franco yeah. didn't have could a go uh, with six Alcantara last year. Not this past season, two years ago. Six war for a pitcher is Hard. tough, though. Yeah. But he was so good. He was really He was good. so good. And he yeah. pitched a ton of innings, which yeah, they did. love. Exactly. Michael Franco is not a six war player for the Royals? <laughs> what, dude? <laughs> <laughs> propaganda. <laughs> Philly's propaganda. Propaganda. <laughs> MJ Melendez. George actually. Brett is a good one. I like George Brett. Um, Salvador Perez, probably. Mm, yeah. He has to Right be. around. I would say like when he was like that Royals prime in fifteen, he probably had it. I'm gonna go with one year. I'm gonna go like with Salvador bombs. Perez six plus four. Do you want to select? Him? I think that's. Do you want me, or do you want to just go safe with George Brett? Yeah, let's go safe with George Brett. All right, let's go with yeah, George. We'll Brett. We'll let this another day. Brett, George Brett, select forty three percent. E. All right, we got to get gross for the last ones then. Yeah, thirty plus homers for. Royals, well, for Royals, you could go Salvi. You could go Bobby Witt. Jason Tomey? Could go Bobby Witt. For Cleveland, 6 Who? Four. Jason Tomey? Jim Tomey. Jim Tomey. Oh, my gosh. Wow. You know what? We could try it. Wow. You might be right. Let's do it. You're right. 9%. Let's hey. go. Let's go. Oops. Jason Tomey. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, do we get Marlins? Hanley or 20, Maris? Wait, for, he like, for what? The, who'd you put it for? Jim Tomey? Jim, Jim Tomey. Tomey uh, Guardians, 6 plus war. 
Oh, I put, I put it for 30-plus homers. That was 28%. I mean, it works. <laughs> it works. But hey, it works, yeah. Six-war season for the Marlins. Uh, hmm. Alex Stanton? Do whatever. Had uh, to love that MVP. Stanton, here. yeah. Stanton would probably be an easy one. We could probably... Hanley? Three eleven. Do you think Hanley had six-plus war for them? I mean, he was probably great. Frankie, he was really Frankie Lindor had it, probably. For Cleveland? For 30-plus homers? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. So we could do that. I think he did that multiple seasons. I think, I think he Jose did, Ramirez did he for sure. Jose Ramirez is at 30 one year. Marcelo Zuna, Marlins, 30 plus. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Giancarlo did it easily. Oh, yeah. He probably fits both of those. Did Miguel four. Cabrera do it? For the Marlins. For the Marlins. Ooh, he might have. I think he might have. I'm doing it. See it. Come on. Select. Oops. D Gordon. No, not D Gordon. <laughs> 14% for Miguel Cabrera, 30-plus homers. Six-plus ah. war for him? Marcelo Zuna was five. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> what, what boxes do we have left? I still have six-plus war for Marlins. I have Royals, 30-plus homer. And that, too, yeah. Uh, Royals, 30-plus. Just go Bobby Witt. Eric Hosmer hit 30? Because we've been talking about Bobby Witt all day, I'm Might putting have. Bobby Witt Jr. on here. Hosmer. Bobby Witt, 7%. You know Mustakis. Hosmer did not. Wow. Did yeah, I think he was like a mid-20 homer guy. Six plus four for the Marlins. Um, Stockis, 9%. I'm just going to go Jazz. From deep. You like Jazz? For what? Six plus four. Oh, no, he wasn't. <laughs> he was an MLB the show cover athlete. Yeah. <laughs> There's only eight players from the Marlins with a six plus four. Uh, and that is Sandy Alcantara, you good oh, You trolled me. You trolled me. Come on. I think it might be, might be time for me to leave. <laughs> Giancarlo did it. Hanley Ramirez Tom's did it. Tontrell Willis did it. Tom's uh, Cliff, Cliff Floyd, Jose Fernandez, Kevin Brown, and Josh Johnson. Jose Fernandez. All with six plus four. So you were wrong, Tom. <laughs> you just brought up Jose Fernandez. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Jose Fernandez. Oh my God. I have completely lost my entire love for the game of basketball. That's a great way to end off. Hold on, this hold episode. on. What, what oh happened? Boy. Oh my goodness. Whoa. Wow. Jaden Springer to the Celtics <laughs> for a second round pick. Wow. That is a crazy way to end it. It got silent here. <laughs> so we're going to, I get, I, should we have a moment of silence for Jaden Springer? Shout out, Blue Coats legend, Jaden Springer. We're going to have a, we're going to have a moment Celtics, of silence. Man. Hey, moment of silence. Respect Jaden Springer. All right. Moment of silence starting now. Thank you, Jane Springer, for all that you've done. <laughs> so, but that's going to do it for 10th inning, ending it on a basketball note. But, uh, Brett, I know you're crying, but do you want to finish this off or do you want me to? Or? You can finish it off. <laughs> Gee, this really got you. This hurt you it's in the so field. so stupid. It makes no sense. Did this hurt more than Vladdy not winning MVP? No, nothing will hurt more ever. <laughs> but that's going to do it for 10th inning. If you want to see more tears, uh, be sure to have an NBA trade trade deadline next week, but uh, but uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Tenth Inning. We've covered a lot today, from Corbin Burns to Bobby Witt to Yankees talk to the we grid. Get, we didn't, yeah, we got to the grid as well. Um, we went to talked about spring uh, spring training, and uh, yeah, we and we'll probably be talking about more spring training and uh, maybe even more. Free agent signing, still no Cody Bellinger yet, so maybe he will finally find a place to land. No Blake Snell. Yet, so hopefully we can get those names on some teams um, by the time that we get to next week. But for Greg Mazzo, Tom Hill, 
Brett Miller. I'm Jack Miller. Thank you guys for tuning in to 10th Inning, and have a great rest of your afternoon.